This is the Catholic Life Coach with Jenny Gwynn. This podcast is designed to share powerful life coaching concepts through the lens of scripture, church teachings, and the lives of the saints. My goal is to equip and encourage you to live a happy, healthy, holy life so that you can be the light of Christ for those around you. Hey friends, thank you for joining me today on my podcast. Today is going to be a little different. I have a guest that I want to interview, Danielle Bean. She's a Catholic author. Um, she's an amazing writer, and she is going to be here to talk about her latest book, Whisper. Hey, Danielle. Hey, happy to be here. Good. Thank you for joining me. So I want to share with you and my listeners how I first encountered you. A couple of years ago, I led a Bible study at church, and we read your book, You Are Worth It. And it was such a beautiful study. It was such a powerful study for the women who were in the group. And as soon as it was over, we immediately started your book, You Are Enough. And so your writing, it was such, there were such powerful conversations, and um, it was just a beautiful time, a beautiful time for the women who were together. So thank oh. you for answering God's call and, and writing what He places on your heart. Oh, thank you for saying that. I'm thrilled to know that that's how you, you came to be introduced to me and the, the work that I do. I mean, I wrote those books you know, really with a heart for women. And um, so I'm, I'm always thrilled when I hear about women's groups using them in exactly that way. So for people who aren't familiar, those books kind of walk you through, your worth it walks you through the women in the New Testament, and not all of them, of course, but right. um, different women that Jesus himself interacted with in the gospel stories. And then uh, You Are Enough is stories from women in the Old Testament. And really, it's just writing those was such a joy for me to kind of walk through scripture and look at women's roles in scripture and how their stories are relevant to us as women today. It really was enlightening for me to do that. Right. And the group that um, that was together, it was an interesting group because it was women from all different stages of life. And so it wasn't just like all moms with new babies, but it was, you know, some young moms, some empty nesters, some, some older women, and everybody, there were like aha moments for everybody. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we have so much in common, and we have so much to gain from coming together and sharing about those things that we have in common, but also learning from one another about the things that make us different in the different ages and stages we're at in our, our vocations as wives, right. as mothers, as sisters, and friends. Right. Just sharing personal witnesses is so powerful as well. Absolutely. I love that. And I'm so thrilled that you got to do that with your group. I think there's just, there's there's no replacement for that. Real life connections. Yes. And I think COVID has kind of taught us that more than anything. Like, yes. I, I love Zoom. It's great. Uh, but really, you really want to yes. be connecting with people in your community in real life. I, I totally agree. So let's talk about your latest book, Whisper. Was that, was Whisper a COVID book? Did that come out of COVID? <laughs> it did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I kind of had the plans already um, before COVID. It just kind of gave me the space <laughs> to do it in an organized way, um, for sure. It was, you know, during that time of quarantine that I was working on that book. And um, really, it was, it it's, was 
not it's unlike the other books in that we're not focusing on stories in in the Bible. It really is much more about uh, personal prayer practices and everyday spirituality and the ways that God is seeking to connect with us in just very basic, simple ways. But there, it's really important for us to talk about them. And this is what I tried to share in the book: is share through my own stories the ways that I connect with God and I find Him connecting with me in my everyday life, and how you can become more aware of that uh, by by just opening your eyes to it. And and in, in seeking to see those ways that God truly is present, there really is a thin veil between here and there. Right. And I loved how in the beginning of the book, you said that there was a close priest that referred to you as an everyday mystic. <laughs> yes. In fact, that was the working title for the book because I, I, I love that phrase so much. And it really just perfectly encaptures what I was trying to share in this book that sometimes we, uh, you know, who, who we're faithful people and we we believe in God and we have our, um, you know, we, we go to mass on Sundays and we, we think we're doing all of the right things. Um, but we feel like there's a separation between us and someone who might be a mystic. Like, oh, they're really connected with God, right? They're, you know, that's somebody on a different plane, and that's not for us who are living out these ordinary lives. Right. We have jobs, we have kids, we have, you know, a house to take care of. But really, what I wanted to get at was that every one of us, that's that's what we're supposed to be as a mystic, which means uh, understanding and being aware of that everyday connection that we have with God and understanding that connection to the supernatural that we're built for, that we're made for, and um, doing that in everyday ways. It's kind of countercultural. And for me, there were so many times when I was writing this book where I was like, well, do I share this story? I mean, this is kind of no duh. Like, I didn't feel like I was sharing these great, you know, wisdom from on high, but that's exactly the point. Like it's supposed to be everyday stuff. And it's really the challenges for every one of us to experience God in those everyday moments. And I think that's what inspired me in the book was how you would just tell stories about your interactions with your children, like your son's first strawberry, you, you know, when you were walking with your daughter, your fall coming down the the mountain, like those things that we tend to overlook as mm-hmm. being God moments. But you inspired me to look at them differently, to see every tiny little thing as a God moment. Yeah. And that's a challenge for every one of us. And right. I certainly didn't write this book as someone who has it all figured out and I'm, you know, floating around on cloud nine all the time. And now I'm going to, you know, talk to you down there. It's really about my my everyday struggle to do exactly that. And right. um, different kinds of practices that kind of help in, in doing that and um, different ways of looking at things. But coming to understand all of our experiences, God is present in all of them. And he wants us to recognize his presence. And he's always calling us into communion with him through all of the little things and the big things, the ups and the downs, the the joys and the sufferings of everyday life. Exactly. I want to share a quote out of the book. Um, It says, we are so busy with all the important things we feel pressured to do, and we fail to see that our busyness distracts us from small ways we might experience God in the joys of daily living. We speed through dinner, scarcely tasting it because we need to drive the kids to soccer. We miss the simple beauty of a sunny summer afternoon because our eyes are on our phone screens. Mm. And that resonated so much with me because it is so easy to look past those little God winks because we're looking ahead. We're looking into the future for what we think it should look like or like something big, and we miss the little things. Absolutely. And that's the the challenge for, for every one of us is really to be truly present in 
those moments in whatever moment you're at. Like that's, um, I'm forgetting what saying it is, but I just recently read a quote about, you know, that holiness is found in, in the everyday moment, in that moment that you're in right now, not being lost to the future with worries and anxieties about the future, not being lost in the past and, you know, holding yourself up and because of mistakes you've made in the past or things that you can't change, but truly being present in the moment and that there yeah. are gifts for us that God means for us to experience in those everyday moments, even if it's something that's very painful, that he's looking to connect with us right there inside of that. Exactly. And as we are coming up on Lent in the church, I always feel like Lent is such a great opportunity to take a step back. You know, it's the time when we, you know, strip away some of the things that separate us from God, the things that take higher priority than him. Mm -hmm. And so, it's just a beautiful time to sort of re-inventory what we're doing to make more room for God. Absolutely. I think that that's a really important thing for us to do as we're approaching Lent. And we Catholics are so funny. We love to make our plans, right? And we're like, what are you doing for Lent? And make our plans for Lent. But really, I mean, I think for anybody um, that doesn't know, like, what do I want to do for Lent? You know, I think beginning with um, some of the themes that I take up in the book, Whisper, um, of, like you said, looking for those things that kind of get in between us and God. What things might you be replacing God with in your life? Where do you seek comfort? I think a really important exercise for everyone to do is to think like, okay, what is my go-to? Like, what is my reaction um, if I'm having a bad day? Like, I have a meeting at work that doesn't go well. I, I get in an argument with my husband or I get bad news from my kid's school or whatever. What, what do you do? Like, what's your immediate response? Are you like reaching for a bowl of ice cream? Are right. you calling your best friend? Are you going shopping online? Are you scrolling through social media? Like these little comforts. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But I think it's important for us to examine ourselves and our, our everyday behaviors and say, what am I turning to instead of God? What am I putting in God's place? Maybe not worshiping it like a golden calf, but maybe, maybe something close to that if you're really attached to it and, and clinging to it. Where are you seeking comfort, even in good things, even in the good things that God wants you to have in ways that are getting in the way of your relationship with God? Because He wants us to turn to Him right. for all things. He's the source of everything that we need. And so we really need to be kind of always kind of reassessing because it's easy to fall into habits with regard to different things we do and the different activities we'll engage in. And, um, you know, if you're not making forward progress, my mom always would remind me when we were growing up, like, you're, you're making some kind of progress. You're either moving forward or you're moving right. back. So being very conscious of that is and Lent is a beautiful time of year to do exactly right. that. And I think it's also a good time of year to remember that God wants all of us. He doesn't just want us on Sundays for an hour. Like, He wants <laughs> every bit of us. He wants us to jump in the deep end and build a relationship with Him. And also in the book, um, you were talking about seeking God, and you talked about the litany of humility, so I, I'm doing a program right now, and one of the prayers that we pray each day is the litany of humility. And it is tough. It is a tough prayer to pray and right. to to like say that you're not seeking to be loved and approved and you know, seeking that from others and only turning to God for that. And so it's hard to to like it's it's easy to say the word, but it's hard to like, accept it. 
Right, right. And I think that's such a that's that's a really powerful prayer and people have complicated relationships with that litany of humility, but it is a very painful thing to pray. It's hard to choke out those words sometimes, but I like to focus on that we're asking like Lord grant me the grace to desire it. Like and this is what prayer is all about. It's meant to be changing us. Like sometimes right. we think like I'm going to go to prayer, I'm going to put in my time and then I'm going to get the thing that I want out of it. Like that's the wrong idea about how prayer works. Prayer is meant to change us, change our hearts. Maybe our circumstances won't change at all, but if you can change your perspective on it and your understanding of it and be rooted in the unchanging God, then that's that's all you need. You know, I recently um, was bringing some a, a particular thing, a particular problem to prayer over and over and over again, and always praying for a specific outcome. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with praying for specific right. outcomes. You know, God loves us and he he knows that we want things. And But sometimes we're very limited in our understanding of what is good for us. And um, it was in the process of doing that and being frustrated again and again in prayer over this particular problem that I came to realize that God was asking me to change my prayer to like, Lord, let me have peace in this situation and whatever that looks like and be open to that. And that was very much a a changing moment for me, especially with regard to that particular problem, because that's actually all I wanted. You know, that's actually all I wanted. I thought I was going to achieve that piece with outcome X or outcome Y, but it, it, in the end, it doesn't matter what those outcomes are. What matters is our perspective on it and that we are turning to God in all of our needs and finding our peace there. And that's such a good point because sometimes in our prayer, I've often, I've heard it called like a vending machine. We go to God and we tell him, (laughs) I want this, this, and this, right? And And even in our prayer, we can be, like, pushing our own agenda, like telling God, this is what I want. And that's so powerful what you just said, like, just to step back and say, God, this is really, this is what I'm praying for, but I really want your will. I really, Mm -hmm. what I want is peace in this situation. Right, right. And and it's hard to do that because we think we know so right. well what's good and what's right. And yes, sometimes the thing that we want is a good thing, objectively speaking, but it's not good for us for whatever reason that we don't know. We don't see the big whole picture the way that God does who's outside of time. And um, But I, I think it's it's important to recognize our, our humanity here and accept sure. where we are on, on that path um, toward accepting God's will. And But I like to reflect on the example of prayer that Jesus gives us in the Garden of Gethsemane. Seminate, the night before his passion and death, what is the prayer that he prayed? He prayed, first of all, Father, take this cup from me. And we can we can all relate to that, right? That when we're suffering, Absolutely. that's what we say, like, take it away. And here's Jesus, very human, right? Fully God, but fully human. And he's praying this very human prayer of just take it away. I don't want it. Right. And any way that we're suffering, that is what we pray. And it's okay to pray that. But then we need to follow up with the second part of the prayer of what Jesus teaches us with his example there, which is not my will, but your will be done. What what a beautiful gift of example that is for us. And, uh, you know, many times in my life, and I'm sure other people can relate to, you, you kind of got to say those words and fake it till you make it and, right. you know, pray to mean them, pray right. them and pray to mean them. And, uh, but God knows right where we are. So bring him that first prayer, that heartfelt prayer of take it away. This is hurting. I don't want this. I'm rejecting this Lord. And yet not my will, but your will be done. 
And that's where the the action comes in. You know, when you say that, your will, not my will, that's where you have to step out in belief. And mm-hmm. no matter what you're facing, no matter what you encounter, you just keep moving forward. I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you over and over until that's truly what your heart believes. Right. It really is an act of the will. You know, if people say uh, love is a decision. It's a choice. You know, for those of you who are married, like every day you get up and you you you, you need to recommit, right? It's a decision. I'm going to love this person today. And sometimes it's easy to do. Sometimes it's not so easy to do. Sometimes you feel it. Sometimes you don't feel it. But it's an act of the will. You're choosing that. And the same is true with trusting in God. Whether you feel it or not, um, whether your feelings are along for the ride or not, you can make that act of will. Lord, I do trust in you. And, you know, just pray for the grace to grow in that trust. Absolutely. Now, most of us can relate to there are times in our lives where we just give and give and give. And you talk about that in your book. And you make a comment about everybody wanted a piece of me, you know, your children, your career, everything that you were going through. And I loved how you talked in here. You shared from John about the disciples having breakfast with Jesus. Yes. And and when I read that, I thought, what could be better than having breakfast on the beach with Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I love to reflect on that. And, you know, whenever I read that gospel passage, that really stays with me, too. What a beautiful invitation. What, what does he say? He says, come have some breakfast, right? That's what he's saying to us. I want to right. feed you. I want to care for you. I want to connect with you. Here he was, you know, meeting with with the apostles, like, after all this terrible stuff had happened, right? And they're still kind of, you know, thrown off by all of it. They don't know what's going on. And they're still frightened and still wondering what's going to happen and worried about the future and, you know, grieving the loss um, of, of Jesus and the way that he suffered and died. And yet here he is. He's like, I, I know, like, I want to feed you. you right. know, come and be with me. Let me feed you. And that's what that's the invitation that Jesus gives to all of us and um that he wants to he wants to supply for our needs. And so we're not doing this alone. We can't do it alone. We don't have the strength to do the things that we're called to do. Not at all. It's impossible, but you know, God reminds us that all things are possible with him and we need to be turning to him for that nourishment. Well, and something else that was placed in my heart as I reflected on that was they had caught, was it, they counted 153 fish. Like, Mm -hmm. and you even referred to, like, who counted the fish? (laughs) But to me, it was a way that Jesus was also celebrating their victory. He was celebrating their success. He was celebrating their catch. And that 153 is not a huge number, but it's still it's still something. It's still a success. And so I just saw it as a way of Jesus saying, you've worked hard. You've had this success. Now come and let me feed you. Yeah, that's really beautiful. That's a beautiful insight on that. And, you know, the fact that he's this God of abundance, too. You know, I think that's part of what we see there, where the, the nets are just overflowing with fish. Like, Jesus never did things in these small ways or stingy ways. And we forget that. I think so many times in our in our prayer lives, or even in our personal lives, we kind of have this scarcity mindset. Like, oh, if someone else receives a blessing, that's less for me, right? Or, you know, if that person's winning at something, that means I'm losing. And yet, 
God is a God of great abundance, and we need to remember that. And um, it's not like grace is like little pieces of a pie, and he's going to run out. That right. there, there's plenty for everyone, and yes. I think that's really important for us to remember. Um, sometimes we bring our own limited understanding and our humanity a little too much into our relationship with God. We need to be remembering to trust in His goodness and His generosity. Right. I mean, His abundance, His love, His forgiveness, His mercy. It's overflowing. It never ends. Right, right. And that's hard for us to fathom because we have our limited human understanding of these things and our our own experiences. Sometimes we try to apply that like, well, I would never forgive somebody, you know, a hundred times over who did the exact same thing last week. And I think they're going to do it again next week. But Jesus does. And um, that's hard for us to understand sometimes. But that abundance of mercy is a beautiful gift. Exactly. So the book Whisper has been out for a little over a year now. Mm -hmm. And as you have encountered people who have read it, is there like one theme, one lesson or message that has really resonated with people that you found? Well, probably the number one thing that I hear from people when they've read the book is they they really resonate with that idea of learning, struggling to learn how to do less and be more. I think that's sort of the eternal struggle, especially for women. We're so busy and we do so many important things. You know, thanks be to God for busy women because we're getting the stuff done. And yet the challenge is to remember that our Lord told Martha that Mary had chosen the better part. And he's calling on us to choose the better part too, which is sitting at his feet and being engaged in relationship with him. So for for many of us, it's kind of an eye-opening idea like that, oh, my relationship with God isn't another to-do on my checklist. It's where I'm going to just be and learn to understand the value of that, of being still and sitting in the presence of God, that that's actually what I'm made for. Um, This is revolutionary stuff for for many women. And um, I hear from women all the time. I think that's a really primary struggle for for many modern women. Well, for so many of us, we wear a badge of busyness. Right. You know, like you see people and, you know, you share with them, I'm busy or you at the end of the day, I got all of this accomplished. And so sitting still is foreign. I say that like to sit still, I really have to put an effort into doing that. Absolutely. You know, I think that it's it's something, especially our culture too, just values doing, right? And um, actively accomplishing things and, and not so much being and being present that, you know, our relationships suffer as a result of that. And our primary relationship is meant to be one with God and it suffers from our distraction and busyness. Uh, you know, some people really struggle with the idea of sitting and being still and being quiet and, you know, sitting in quiet prayer and their skin begins to crawl or they, they start to panic a little bit. And I think think, you know, if that's you, then, you know, start with with just five minutes, maybe give yourself five minutes. But if, if that's you, it is vitally important, more important than anything else that you make the time to do that, that you get more comfortable with that. And the beautiful thing is you do get more comfortable with that. Right. You come to understand it and you come to appreciate it and you'll find yourself craving that quiet right. time with God. Absolutely. So one of the things that I do as a Catholic life coach is I equip and encourage women to build strong connections with themselves, with others, especially in their marriages, but through their connection with Christ. So is there one thing that you do in your faith life that really helps you stay connected to Christ? Because you are so busy. You have a lot of different hats that you're wearing, and so it would be easy to be distracted. So is there one thing that keeps you connected? 
I think absolutely making a priority of time that's set aside for prayer. And I know this is a hard thing for many people. People tell me I just don't have the space. I don't have the time for it. But I'm going to challenge you just a little bit and say, you do have five minutes. You can start with five minutes if that's all you honestly have. And maybe you're going to get interrupted six times in that five minutes, but you still have it. And I think if you're not deliberately setting aside time to spend with God in whatever that looks like for you. I know it, it might be that you're, you're praying the rosary. It might be that you're just sitting in, in quiet contemplation. It might be you're reading a scripture passage. You know, there, there are all different ways of connecting with God, as I outline in Whisper. Um, but if you don't have that time set aside for it, then, you know, let's be honest, it's not a priority for you. It's, right. it's not. And that, it, you know, you're never going to grow in your spiritual life without that. Yes, there are a thousand ways that your life can be a prayer, right? So many times you like to say, oh, my life's a prayer. But it's not truly if you aren't making that time to be with God. You know, you would never say you you have a priority of a personal relationship with somebody here on earth, like a good friend, if you never spend time with that person, if you never talk to that person, if you never listen to that person. And so don't, don't you know, don't kid yourself about where your relationship is with God. Fully embrace where you are, accept where you are, accept what limitations come with your state in life. But then absolutely, you, you do need to make, be making that effort to have daily time that's set aside for prayer. And like you said earlier, once you just start, even with five minutes, your heart starts to yearn for it. And so before long, even if five minutes seems impossible right now, before long, it'll be 10, 15, 20 minutes because it's truly what we are all longing for. Absolutely. You know, I like to kind of um, compare it to like someone who's who's like living on junk food or, or fast food drive through. Right. It, if you're if you're living like that, you, you may not even notice, you know, that you're lacking basic nutrition, that you're not healthy, that you're not balanced. Um, and it might feel impossible to do right. any other way, right? And yet once you begin to, and many people have experienced this, once you start to eat more whole foods or eat more nutritious foods, then your, your body starts to notice the difference. Like, oh, this is the real stuff. This is what I've been craving. So, you know, don't, don't settle for fast food, junk food mentality when it comes to your spirituality. You really want to be nourishing yourself with the real thing, which is Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. So as we wrap up this podcast, do you have a new project or new book that you want to share with us? I don't actually. I'm not currently writing a book. It actually feels pretty good. I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. We're in a season of our family life where my big kids are all getting married. We're going to have our fourth wedding inside of three years this oh, wow. May. Um, we've got a first grandchild on the way. And, you know, like I shared in the book, I think there, there are phases and stages of life. And in this particular one, I'm feeling called to be fully present in in this way. Of course, I work full-time for CatholicMom.com. I'm brand manager over there. Um, so I'm always working and looking to grow the community there. But I don't currently have a personal book project, but I'm sure there's another one <laughs> that'll be at some point, but when the timing is right. Absolutely. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me today, for being a guest on my podcast. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you. All right, friends. Thank you for joining me today. Stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Life Coaching, go to my website, catholiclifecoachacademy.com. Be sure to sign up for my weekly emails that are full of inspiration and ideas and to find out about upcoming events. 
The Academy is an online community of Catholic women just like you who are striving to live a happy, healthy, and holy life. In the Academy, you will find monthly workshops designed to help you create a life that you love by connecting on a deeper level with yourself, others, and in your faith. The Academy has a special focus on educators by helping them find joy in and out of the classroom. You will also find powerful coaching workshops to help you strengthen your marriage. To learn more, go to catholiclifecoachacademy.com. The music for this podcast is brought to you by The Vigil Project. They make music for the Catholic journey. To learn more about their ministry and to listen to more of their music, visit their website at thevigilproject.com.